1: Oilers
0: now with Bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio six thirty. Chad. We return to Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex Office Supplies at huge
1: savings. Yeah, Digitex does that.
0: D i g i t e x dot on Oilers Radio six thirty. Chad. Well, 35 in Edmonton, welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer with the Oilers in Las Vegas. Big one tonight, second of a back-to-back. Oilers are 6-0 and in the second of back-to-backs this season. A reflection, to me, on the inclusive nature of head coach Dave Tippett, who, again, went off a bit last night on his frustration. And uh, we're going to follow up with a text here momentarily in our Ashley Five Floors text line. Brian Lawton coming up. But not before I tell you that guests in orders Now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and Taylor that orders Now sent you Roos Chris. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Our orders Now headliner is brought to you by Touchback Safety. From fall protection to forklift training, trust the experts at touchbacksafety.com. Your safety is their goal. All right, we bring aboard Brian Lawton. Hello, Brian. How are you?
1: i'm doing great bob when do i tell uh, those guys that ruth chris is i'll be stopping by next time i'm in town
0: well uh we got we got you know you're such a good guy we got a little business to attend to and i i know i tried calling you a couple weeks ago but we got to get to i i I do want to read um we last night as you know uh dave Tippett had some strong comments following the game Uh, regarding his frustration that Connor got called for a play that, you know, as he stated, happened multiple times. Connor thought it was a weak call as well. Uh, look, this show's called Oilers now. The majority of the people that listen to the show are Oilers fans. I have strong feelings on the fact that I just think that they get caught watching him because he's such a dynamic player. But I also like to let people have some feedback. So this is a sort of gist of a a lot of the texts that have come in right now. So I'm going to read you this one. It says, Bob, it's Dan. I'm really disgusted with the officials, but what's even more disgusting to me is the lack of accountability from the NHL brass. The refs have no accountability whatsoever. Uh, I pay to see the players, not arrogant refs who won't even talk to the players or the coaches on the ice. It's not only McDavid who gets screwed, uh, but he just gets screwed more than the other players. Uh, if they can't keep up with the pace, they got to take power skating. And I know he's a unique and a, a, a one-off, but no excuses. So you know Dave Tippett well it's not af- often that Dave speaks on a call like that he was exasperated last night that that was the call some of our listeners believe it was a bit of a dive You could have called maybe a trip and then a dive and even up the call and the real frustration exists from the fact that McDavid gets fouled four or five times a game and often there's just the one power play so I'm going to hand the keys over to you at this time Brian go for it uh
1: for me, and I understand why Dave Kippett, we've discussed it before in the past. What I've told him is what he knows. I mean, he's a veteran. It just—it It is what it is. You can't get caught up in it. I understand what you're talking about last night. I don't see the call on Connor as a problem as much as I do see the lack of calls against Connor. Uh Last night, in my opinion, when you call a penalty in overtime like that, that's fine. Just make sure it goes equally throughout the game. And I haven't necessarily seen that. That's where the frustration level ramps up. But I didn't have any problem with that being a penalty, albeit by itself. When you take it in the full context, I get it. But ultimately, for Dave Tippett, uh, and if he were on the phone right now, I uh, I understand why he's upset. I understand why he's commenting. I would urge him to not let that get out of control because that can sink a team really fast the officiating has always been at question bob and this is going back to when you and i were hockey players it's something that's been in the game forever it's not necessarily any worse now than it used to be then uh the problem is that it's not definitively better and we expect progress so uh that's the difficulties of it uh that's the way i really truly feel. Sorry for all the Edmonton Oilers fans out there who are outraged, Um, but ultimately this club needs to worry about picking up points like they did last night. Stay focused and uh, they should be in the playoffs and to me um, I think they're actually for the first time this year I could say they would be a scary team to play when everybody is healthy and or not suspended and in the lineup. I truly believe that. And that's what I would focus on, the positives. world belongs to the optimist, Bob. Come on, you know that.
0: Oh, I, I do. Uh, and, and, that's, and we'll get to that in a second. Let's that, establish something here. You played in the NHL. Uh, despite limited physical abilities, I had marginal success but couldn't overcome uh, my lack of uh, true ability and immaturity. And I did say stupid stuff to officials when I was 15 and 16 and often spent a little bit of extra time as a result uh, in the box and learned to shut up as I got older. But here's where I'm going with this. Do you believe that an organization like Boston has more influence in the league than a, than, a, than maybe the organization you had in Tampa Bay when you were a GM there?
1: Um, I always wanted to believe even when i was in tampa and a small market team that we we were one of 30 at that time and uh i always wanted to believe in my mind that yes it, it doesn't matter if i was a new general manager or the franchise was a small market or anything like that i always wanted to believe that we were equal can i honestly say that that was the case that that's what i believe in my heart no i can't say that <laughs> But it was, but the NHL. I felt like because I've had these discussions, I, I feel like that is the goal. We are getting there, but like all things, there's some people that have been there for a really long time, and they take probably uh, more ownership than an equal share. And I could debate with them whether or not uh, it should be that way or it shouldn't be that way. But but I told the ownership group at one point, hey, you know what? Everybody's equal here in in this regard. You guys own one team out of 30 at that time. And let's not forget that. Let's not misbehave. Let's not be arrogant. Let's not uh, pay our dues. Let's not earn our way. But this is business, and this isn't necessarily the same as a young player coming onto a hockey team. So that's the way I felt about it, and it was very clear in my mind. And to answer your question, no, it wasn't. 100% the way I would have liked to have seen it.
0: One final one for you, then we'll get to the fact that the the uh, post-trade deadline evidence and orders, maybe where this team can go. Um, Do you believe the NHL has the same philosophical approach in protecting their stars that the NBA does?
1: No, I, I don't think we're quite there yet. I think that the NHL looks at itself differently, as it should not the nba um do i think we might benefit if we had more of that i think we're finding as fighting comes out of the game that it's not the doomsday scenario that some people suggested it would be that hockey would be less interesting that it would lose fan support i actually think they're finding the exact opposite and i expect what you're talking about to become more in vogue more in favor but you know the nhl typically you know they like to make changes in a measured approach there's nothing wrong wrong with that um generally that is the philosophy not always i can't generalize that for them because they have made changes quickly in the past but that's the general underlying flavor and that's not really gary bettman that i'm talking about that's more when you get all the managers together because i've heard those words you know let's not overreact let's take a more measured approach, and see how these af- these changes affect things. So, could we speed up, maybe protecting stars more, so people can see the true skill? And we're not just talking about Connor McDavid. We're talking about a hundred other players that have incredible skill in the league. I'm not saying they're same as Connor, but they have skills that could come out to a higher level. I think that's where we end up. I think we're on that path. And I think everybody's becoming more comfortable with the fact that
0: that's a good thing. We're joined by Oilers now headliner today, Brian Lawton, who is general manager in Tampa Bay. He ran Octagon's hockey side, one of the uh, top agencies, not just for hockey, but uh, for talent in the world. Uh, The number one pick in the 1983 NHL draft. All right, you said it. You said the Oilers could be a dangerous team moving forward. This on the heels of the NHL trade deadline. Brian, why do you feel that's the case?
1: Uh, I just think Ken Holland did a great job of addressing the. He surprised me a little bit because, you know, Ken's on a five year contract. He's been asked to build this thing right, to go slow is somewhat what you hear when you get a five year contract. Um, But he's recognized uh, because of the players, first and foremost, and the coach and the work his management team has done, that things have gone probably better than would have been talked about in their internal meetings last year. And because of that, uh, he expended a couple assets. I really didn't think he would. I think it was a great decision. I think it gives this team an opportunity uh, to reach a higher level Uh, In a lot of ways, I think it was a gutsy decision, too, because he didn't have to do it for him. But Ken Holland is not a manager that's managing a club for him. He's managing it for the betterment of the players, the coaches, and the rest of his management staff. And that's why I like Ken. Uh, There's no BS with him. Um, I just thought, in hearing everything I heard, that he might take a more conservative approach. And he didn't go crazy by any stretch of the imagination. But some of the assets he moved, uh, it would have been very easy to say, nope, I'm not doing that. You paid me for five years, and I'm going to build this thing right, and it's going to get better every year. He definitely stepped on the gas a little bit, uh, in my opinion, and I think that's a good thing. And personally, I think it was a really great decision by him.
0: You've been a player. What's it like when you're, and I don't know how many times this occurred during the course of your career, Brian, but the manager comes in, and he adds three pieces for the stretch run and sends that message to the players.
1: I think it ramps up. Uh, first of all, it, it it cuts both ways. For the majority of the group, they're very excited about it. Uh, management recognizes the hard work that they've put in. Uh, you got Dave Tippett to remind everybody that we're only a fraction of the way there, fellas, so don't get too caught yep. up in it. But it's a, it's a good feeling. Um, the stars of the play, of teams still drive the teams for the most part in the locker room. And you can rest assured that those guys were pretty jacked about these moves, bringing in help, uh, creating, really giving them the opportunity to create two really good lines and, and even go into three when Cassian's back in the lineup, when James Neal is healthy, Uh, That's why I say they have the potential to be a dangerous team. Um, You know, one thing that we haven't talked much about this year, Bob, is I've been fortunate enough to be your guest every Wednesday this year, and that's forced me to do a deeper dive, even on the minor league team. And the things I'm hearing about Evan Bouchard are off the charts. Uh, This guy is good in everything he does. He's a great teammate. They've taken a really cautious approach with him a long-term approach but boy from everything i hear i just i really truly believe uh, this guy has a chance to come in at some point between now and the playoffs and have a very very strong impact
0: well that's uh yeah i you know obviously i'm a big believer in the guy's skill um and he can make plays, and I think that the Orders are going to go from a team. It's interesting here, you know, uh, Brian, for, for for the Oilers fans, they want to see the immediacy of the results, and we saw that last last night with an Athanasio in Ennis. It's funny, uh, Mark Spector tweeted out during the game, 27 minutes in, no shots on goal for that trio, and then they ended up combining for a couple of even-strength goals uh, in the back half of the game. But Edmonton's got six guys out. So really, to me, the order has got to get through the next couple of weeks until they can get through. Like, Cassian will be back against uh, Winnipeg. For the record, I do not think Yamamoto's going to miss three, you know, it's week to week. I think it might only be, like, no more than two weeks. Like, he's, to me, there's a chance he could be back maybe sooner than some people think. But what a difference he's made, and that's part of the progress that's occurred here with the developmental model. And we might, you know, bear and... Jones playing two full seasons basically in the minors. I will tell you, Caleb Jones was lost two years ago. And he looks like he has a chance to be a player. Bear is a player. Yamamoto is a player. Uh, You're hearing good things on Bouchard, and that speaks to the importance of not just drafting but developing, Brian.
1: Uh, Absolutely. And, And I agree with you on all those points, particularly on Caleb Jones. That's a guy that a number of teams Uh, asked me about. I talked to a lot of GMs leading up to the trade trade deadline, obviously. I'm forced to be on TV for eight hours on that day, so you never (laughs) want to show up unprepared. And I can't tell you how many teams uh, have noticed his improved play.
0: So they're in a good situation there. You know, you say the orders can be dangerous, but again, we might not... Is, they got to get through a difficult stretch here basically in the next five games, right? Because tonight against Vegas, Vegas is a really good team. They improve their team a lot. They have the Jets at home who are desperate. And then the Oilers are right back on the road. You know, Dallas, St. Louis, no, Dallas, Nashville, and Chicago. I mean, it's basically a five-game road trip that they're still on here. Those aren't easy. No, they're not.
1: And it feels like they've been kind of in this Pattern for a while now. It's one stretch after another, but you know what? That's the funnest time of the year to play. In, and I'd be shocked if we had any of the players listening to this conversation if they weren't saying, you know what? This is so much damn fun. It's a great challenge, uh, but it's enjoyable. It's not about money. It's just it's about competing. And they've got a lot of competitors on that club that I think are dying to show people that uh, just because they haven't been in the playoffs, this, that, or the other thing uh for the majority of their careers uh they got some winners that are going to come through but this is going to be a tough stretch there's no doubt about it
0: so you did eight hours on the trade deadline and you said you liked what ken holland did which other nhl teams improved their team
1: um i thought the rangers made a really strong move on brady shea that that people may find that perplexing in that um you know, you trade a guy that was playing the second-most second, second most minutes on their team. You play him the second-most minutes, and then you trade him for a first-rounder. It didn't make a lot of sense. I just think the Rangers have a lot coming if you know their depth and their prospect pool on D. And uh, Brady Shea they, was a guy they felt was making just a little bit more than than what you'd want to see in the salary cap era. Those are tough decisions, so but I thought that was really strong. I thought Vegas was aggressive coming up with Robin Leonard in the 11th hour was really a strong get for them that's going to make the Oilers lives a little bit more difficult down the stretch here we'll find out tonight I was just in Vegas I watched him break Tampa's 11 game win streak on last Thursday uh, which was an incredible game for them so I thought they did well uh, Carolina they did get Brady Shea which I know they were excited about I'm not sure about that move but getting Vinny Trocheck. I think will work out for them. Vinny has very good numbers analytically. He's not having a good season. But there are some things to like about Vinny and his cost certainty. So that was a strong move. And uh, overall, I was just really pleased with how active teams were. And I still feel why I'm so high on Edmonton is because it really was a seller's market. If you look at the deals that were made, and we track it with a heat map, Actually, the best time to move players was when Andy Green, Blake Coleman, Tyler Toffoli, Alec Martinez. That's when the market was the hottest, if you're really finding it. And the people that were moving players at that time did very, very well. Uh, It eventually ended up flipping to where we saw those Robin Leonard-type deals at the end of the week. Gustafson going to Calgary was a pretty economical deal as well. So a lot of changes, a lot of things going on. It was a fascinating day. Uh, lots of winners and losers, in my opinion. But I love to see people be active, taking a shot at it.
0: Florida, to me, and that was a big win for them last night, Brian, in Arizona. Uh, it makes me wonder if something's going on there when I see Trocek had moved in the way he did. I know he had a knee injury, and some people said he, he hasn't. he's not back to where he was. But it almost looks like they're dumping salary and uh you know they've done that before in that market that's how marsh's show and riley smith ended up in vegas because they wanted to get rid of riley smith's contract so i'm going to put you on the spot here who makes the playoffs toronto or florida for that third spot in that division uh if toronto makes the
1: playoffs it'll be because florida can't pull it together uh toronto Obviously in a bad way right now with the losing Jake Muzzin last night, the injuries they already have. It's going to be really tough for them, and yet they proved um, against Tampa that, you know what, they've got some prideful guys too. They've been kicked in the teeth pretty hard the last week or so with all the crazy things that have happened to them. It's been a little bit over-dramatized, in my opinion. Uh, It wasn't a backup goalie that beat them. It was a team that really did a spectacular job of locking the game down and barely giving up any quality shots. And I love the story. It's a great story. It's one of those things that legends are made of. But uh, I I give Carolina a lot of credit in that game and, and not as much grief for Toronto as maybe people have given them. So ultimately for me, I think Toronto finds a way to get in. And I don't think that's going to sit very well with Florida because it's wide open for them to grab that spot. I just think they have some serious issues uh, in terms of in their room, understanding what it takes to win. And uh, you've heard Joel Quenville say these things as much, so I'm not, I'm not really bringing anything new to the party with that statement, but I think it's it's even stronger maybe than the average fan recognizes. They have a very, very talented group. Structurally, their team is a little bit like Toronto in that it's very top-heavy up front. Uh, so they have similar issues that way, but uh, I, I think they have the makings of a playoff team, and I think Toronto's going to end up beating them out. So take that with a grain of salt.
0: Brian, great stuff. Love the clarity and the perspective. We'll talk next Wednesday, okay? My pleasure, Bob. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Uh, we are going to cut to break. It's 1256 in Edmonton. Eileen Bell is coming up with a global news weather traffic update. And when we come back from the Culta hockey, David Staples, this is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.